you are divine. Hello, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I know that I have. I've been on vacation for about a week and a half. Uh, Many of you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I spent a week in Florida for my birthday, which y'all are getting this episode well after my birthday. But um, I really want to bring this month the energy of like newness, of refreshing and lessons learned, because I feel like that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And that's kind of what this podcast always is, is me bringing that genuine, authentic energy, no matter what phase of life I'm going through. And so we've been through many, many, many months of the void together. And I feel like I'm just now getting to a point where I'm stepping beyond the void. And I'm pushing into new energy. And I've I've been building it for a while, but I feel like it actually feels significantly more real every single day. So today's episode, I want to focus on 31 at 31. Basically, these are 31 little nuggets of wisdom. Some of them are, are silly hot takes, but for the most part, I just sat down stream of consciousness and asked myself for the last 31 years of my journey on earth as a human experiencing and expressing myself, what are the important things that I've learned? And basically, if I could impart wisdom on my past self, what would I give to myself? And that's kind of what a lot of this podcast is too is like wisdom that I've gained that I feel like would serve a past version of me. And a lot of times many of you resonate with that content and it's stuff that you needed to hear too. So just know some of these are hot takes. You may agree with some of them. You may agree with only a few of them and that's totally okay. I think regardless of where you are in life, there's going to be something in this episode for you. So I hope you'll enjoy the journey with me and um. If you want to see something super silly, I'm going to link this down below. I did one of these when I turned 25 and it's a YouTube video that was private on like a totally different channel that isn't even really open to the public because I used to make videos on it. It was also called Chloe Taylor, but it's spelled like my actual birth given spelling, um, which many of you also know that that the way that it's spelled on like all my stuff now isn't technically how it is spelled like on my driver's license. Um, It's not like my birth given spelling, but my name is Chloe Taylor. And this, I made it into a video. I baked a cake and I talked about like 25 things when I turned 25 and then I like made a wish on a cake. It was super cute. Um, I'm such a little baby in it. It was six years ago and I like still believed in God at that time. So it's a very different video. Like the growth between age 25 and 31 was crazy. I have done so much growing over the last six years. So just know if you decide to go and take a peek at that video, literally only if you listen to the podcast, will you have access to that video? uh, Because it's going to be linked down below for you. I'm not like telling anybody else where to go get it because it's an unlisted video. But uh, if you want to see something silly and see me with like hot pink hair, it was not a wig. That was actually how my hair was dyed at the time. Uh, Basically telling myself like 25 things at 25. And many of those things I agree with still. Many of them I do not. So I decided it was finally time for an updated version. There's no video counterpart for this one. It's literally just me sitting in my office with my microphone, my headphones, and my phone with all the notes. So let's go ahead and start from the top number one. And these are in no particular order. These were all just done stream of consciousness. So 
Number one is you don't have to drink to have fun. And this might come as controversial. Maybe it's a hot take for some of y'all. But during my trip, my 31st birthday trip to Florida this past week, I drank sake on my birthday. And then I had like a single glass of tequila one night when we were doing intentional magic. And literally, it was nice. Don't get me wrong. I regret nothing. Zero regrets. But every other day of the week that I spent there, I had no alcohol. And that's not to say that I drink every day because I don't. But I feel like usually when I'm with other people or I'm relaxing, this is no shade on my family either. I love y'all so much and I support your decisions. But usually when I'm on vacation, it's with family and family always wants to drink together. And that's okay. Like, cool story. I will knock back a few. But this time I was with people that didn't really drink consistently. And I just realized that like, I really don't need alcohol to like, do anything or to be anyone. I can actually just like be in my own energy without that. And I'm, I still have a fantastic time. I feel like I already knew that, but I'd never actually practiced it. Usually when I'm on vacation, it's like a drinking booze cruise fest. And this was the first time that it really wasn't that. And this actually led me to decide that my 31st, well, technically we're building into my 32nd year now, because as soon as you cross that threshold, like you've been over the age that you were like, basically because you go from zero to one in a year basically the day after your birthday you're already no longer that age anymore you're building to the next number if that makes sense so like right now when I'm recording this I'm 31 and seven days <laughs> 31 in a week <laughs> um but it led me to the decision that I am taking a sober year um, I'm taking a sober year. I literally came home and dumped out all my tequila, which is crazy for me because tequila is my favorite and I own a lot of expensive tequila, but I put it all down the drain. And that doesn't mean that if I vacation, I'm not going to like have a cocktail or something on the beach. If I go somewhere else this year, I'm leaving vacation as something like if I really want to have a drink, I can. But basically at home, hanging out around my town, um, game virtual game nights with friends, I am no longer participating. So um, I just think it's a good decision for me. And I would love to cover that more in like a future episode. But that's that's number one. Number two is showing up to do the work means you're going to have days where you feel depressed or anxious while doing the work and that's okay. Show up anyway. This is actually a newer thing to me, but I feel like especially if you're a recovering perfectionist or a recovering people pleaser, we often think that the energy has to be quote unquote right before we can sit down and make new decisions for ourselves. And frankly, that's just not true. Consistency is actually the key. And even if let's say you decide you want to meditate every day and you feel like you have to let it be this perfect thing, the space has to be perfect. You have to have the perfect amount of time. It's actually a lot less about that. It's way more about showing up sitting down, putting on the meditation music, and whether you have an hour or two minutes doing the practice anyway, no matter how you feel. Now, obviously, there is like some 
exceptions to that rule. There are days where maybe you really do feel so overwhelmed that it's just like not a good idea to do the work that day. And you have to kind of give yourself that grace. But know that when you first start to do the work for yourself, there are going to be a multitude of days where you're anxious and showing up anyways. And that is something through my own Saturn return through my own mental health crisis over the last year that I've really had to come to understand is there's never going to be a perfect time. You're going to have to just get in there, roll your sleeves up and go forward anyways. Uh, number three is finally, or excuse me, family being the only people who will love you is a lie. You haven't even met every person who will love you in your lifetime yet. And there might be some of you that are like, I don't know, a hundred <laughs> or like in your nineties, maybe you have met everybody who's going to love you at this point in time. But I would say the bulk of you knowing my statistics, knowing my analytics, most of you have not met every single person in your lifetime who's going to love you yet. And isn't that such a crazy thought? And I think we are often sold in society, this lie that family is all that you really have. And if you step a toe out of line, if you back away from family, Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now then that makes you a terrible person and you are suddenly going to be abandoned by everyone in your life. And I think this is actually something that I would like to expand on in its own podcast a little bit more, because I get asked constantly by all of y'all what you do when your family doesn't agree with the way that you live your life. And I think I have so much wisdom to share because I've been through that already. I've been through turning away from the fold and the quote unquote fold, the family fold and completely turning my back, going my own way. And I've also gone back in to reintegrate now that I am my own person. And I've learned a lot about family. I mean, my Chiron placement in my birth chart is also in the family position. It's in cancer. So I have like, that's like my wounding that I received for this lifetime. And I don't think that, I think it is something that continuously cracks me open, but it's a torch that I've learned how to light myself so that I can help light other people's torches that are on that same journey. So I would like to do a future episode more in detail on just like, basically stepping outside of the family system and making it safe for yourself to do that. But my point to this take is that you, you are allowed to be your own person. Family are not the only people who will ever love you. You haven't even met every person yet. And I would on and I, I will say this until the day that I die. I have friends that are more family than my actually actual blood related family are. And I think that's okay. It's okay to have a chosen family. And I know that in society, a lot of the movies are catered towards this perfect version and this idealistic way of having a family, but your family is literally whatever and whoever you decide that it is. And Again, I'll expand on that in a future episode, maybe during cancer season, we'll get heavy into the family stuff. But moving on to number four, we have the journey is more important is the most important part of manifestation. Because once you get to the goal, you'll still be the same person if you haven't learned to enjoy the journey. This is probably 
the hardest lesson that I had to learn at age 30. This came up and slapped me across the face and beat me into the ground. And it's that I was always somebody that was always pushing, pushing, pushing towards my dreams, my goals. I was really into hustle culture and just building my life in a new way. And though I don't think there's anything wrong with that, if you feel extremely fulfilled, when you finally hit that goal, if you haven't dealt with your own problems, your own inner world, your own insecurities, your own anxieties, your own inner world, that's the best way to put it. If you haven't dealt with that or addressed it or sat with that discomfort, it's all going to come flooding back the moment you have room to breathe. And this honestly is like the current that pulled me under over the last year was I realized that I'd kind of risen to so many things, but I was still the same person. And all the things that I thought I would be when I hit all these milestones didn't actually happen because I had done no work in learning about who the person, who the person is that I actually am without all of the like societal bullshit. And the last year has just been a journey of relearning the person that I am and who I actually want to be. And that's probably like, again, the most like, I feel like I've heard people talk about this. But until you experience it for yourself, you don't really understand that don't get me wrong, I would never be the person that's going to tell you not to have dreams and not to absolutely go for it. I firmly am the person that's going to be right there to tell you go. Yes, I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. But if you are not comfortable with yourself, right now in this moment, there is no goal that you are going to surpass that's going to give you that feeling of comfort that you are wanting within yourself until you stop and get in alignment with yourself. And sometimes we have to learn that lesson the hard way. I feel like I really tried to force the universe's hand and then I had to learn that lesson the hard way. So take it from somebody who's been there. Don't design a life that you think you'll love in the future. Design a life that you love right now every single day. And then when you reach that goal, you're going to be able to feel so much more fulfilled within it because you've designed a day-to-day -day life that actually feeds you instead of just feeding some kind of a machine, if that makes sense. Like, to put that into perspective, like being a YouTuber sometimes can feel like you're a machine, you're a content creating machine. And when you finally reach like a certain sub count or a certain earning or a certain level of whatever it is that you set out, whatever kind of goal it was for you that you wanted to achieve, first and foremost, you're going to question whether you deserve it when you finally hit it. And that's going to be really hard. And you're going to be faced with the reality that nothing about you changed. And don't get me wrong, I also think that through the journey we change to a degree, but it's not going to give you any more feelings of worthiness. It's not going to make you into a person that all of your problems are just going to dissipate now because of this thing. And again, there's a lot of like intricacy to this because if it's like more money, yes, money to a degree does buy um happiness in the sense that, you know, we can afford medical care, we can afford food, we can afford housing. So like, obviously, there's a lot that goes into that. There are things that are going to make us feel better. But if you are not like tapping and tuning into yourself, my point is, is that at the end of that journey, you're going to be so messed up in the head that you're going to have to basically reassess. And I can't save you from that pain. That might be something that you need to experience in order to get it. But again, these are 31 things that I learned at 31. And making a plan to actually enjoy the process of moving towards your manifestations 
is truly going to be the most rewarding way to get there. So I hope that all made sense. Then we have a number five, you don't have to respond to every catastrophic event in the world. Now this is a very hot take. I know some people aren't going to like what I have to say about this. But frankly, having a dysregulated nervous system for all of my life, being a person with high functioning anxiety, and now somebody that really has to learn how to navigate generalized anxiety. Um, I have learned that it is not my responsibility to respond to every single catastrophic event going on in the world. If I did that, I would be in a constant state of dysregulation. And I would be in a constant state of being nervous and anxious about the future, and it fully takes me out of the present. Now, granted, I understand it's a privilege to not have to live certain experiences, so they are not a part of my everyday life. However, I am of the mind that if I am able to bring my best energy to the table, and that is actually able to make effective change for the world for the better... Yes, I think it's good to be informed. Yes, I don't think we should stop doing that. But I do think if we are constantly living in a state of fear, we are not going to be able to effectively help anybody change or create better for the world. So it's okay to inform yourself, but you need to limit how much of that has access to you if you are privileged enough to be able to have that. If you are able to limit that for yourself, if you do not live in a state where you have to always be in it, it is very important for you to reserve your energy for the ways that you can create impactful change. And this is something that it's hard for me to even admit because I feel like it goes against the norm of society. Everybody thinks that you have to be up in the news all the time, always informed, always watching, always listening. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen or be informed. I want to make that very, very, very clear. But if it's constantly flooding your system with feelings of anxiety, you are not going to be able to help yourself or anybody else. And that is something that I took very seriously from about March of this year. I just shut it down. I was like, nope, for all of 2020 up until March of this year, I was constantly looking at the news every single day, scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through Instagram, looking for the next thing that came up that was terrible in the world. And I got to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm anxious 24 seven, I can't sleep. My eating is off the charts because I eat when I'm like, I'm like, I don't claim that as my energy, but sometimes I deal with bouts of emotional eating. And I just felt like I did not have any say in how my life was going. And it was because I was constantly sitting in these feelings of anxiety over the state of the world. And I wasn't like it started to affect the way that I even showed up to read tarot cards or make podcasts or any way that I was in service to the world that I was helping to shift perspectives or open people up or channel messages. It was starting to affect that energy. And so then I couldn't help anyone, including myself. So I really shut it down. I give myself times when I allow myself to look at those things. I've also kindly asked my spouse who does look at the news and can be a little more objective than I can to kind of filter things out to be like, hey, if there's something I can do about this, or if it's something I really need to be informed about, you know, make sure that I'm informed. But if it's not, if there's like nothing that I can do, or nothing that I need to know, please just like don't tell me about it. And I feel like that has actually made a huge difference in my own energy, I've been able to come at life from a different perspective. And 
I think that's something we also forget about if we are highly sensitive individuals, that it's okay to protect your energy even when it comes to the media, because I feel like the news's job is literally to keep you scared, to keep their views up. And again, I'm not saying that the world is not without flaw, not without problem, not without very serious things happening. But I do feel like we have not evolved as humans to take on that much catastrophe. And I just, again, I don't have like the best answer for everyone. I'm literally just spitballing my own feelings. And I just don't think it's anybody's job to be on all the time responding to every single catastrophe. And do I think that that means every single person should just go silent all the time and just be avoidant? No, but I hope, I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one there because I feel like I'm over explaining now. You get what I'm saying. Number six is there is very little that a fixed candle cannot fix. And I say that just for like your own personal day-to-day -day life. There is very little that a fixed candle cannot help you with. Uh, if you're anything into witchcraft, candle magic, if you're not, maybe this is a sign that you should start. But fixed candles, usually they're like, I do them as like pillar candles. And you fix them on a point of something. So currently I have a candle burning for myself right now that I've been kind of lighting on and off since the eclipse in Scorpio that is all about bringing my light back to the world because I feel like it's really been in a shadow period for quite some time. And I, this candle I think is about like almost halfway burned down and I already feel different. I wish I had thought to do this for myself like six months ago. <laughs> so get you a witch or become a witch or learn more about candle magic because fixed candles, I feel like there is very little that in your personal day-to-day -day life cannot be fixed by one. Um, number seven is waiting to take aligned action is better than just taking action for the sake of taking action. So this is about pausing to basically stop and get every single piece of you on board for like a fuck yes. And if it's not a fuck yes from every single piece of you, it is a fuck no. And you need to stop and wait until you can respectively wait until every piece of you is like, yes, it's a fuck yes. I want to go forward with this thing. Oh, sorry. I just punched you. Until <laughs> I talk, I'm very animated when I speak. I'm very like a hand talker and I just punch y'all a little bit. I'm going to take a little sip of my tea. Hmm. So basically, basically just getting into alignment with yourself, sitting with yourself, making sure that you are sure from every single part of you, meaning we're bringing the whole body in. We're not just going with what our mind thinks. We're listening to the heart. We're feeling into the body. And when you can bring every part of you into alignment, you're going to project forward so much faster than other people around you that have not done that. And it's almost like pulling an arrow, how you have to pull it back before it projects forward. That's kind of what it's like to bring all of you into alignment before you make a really important decision for your life. And I find that the more in alignment you are with something before you press forward with it, the easier time you're going to have. It's going to flow so much easier. Uh, number eight is anxiety is actually one of your greatest teachers. And this is coming from somebody that dealt with social anxiety for most of my life. I actually feel that in this point in time, I don't really deal with 
uh, social anxiety anymore. I deal more with generalized anxiety from time to time. But something that I've learned through trying to process the feelings of anxiety as they come up is that it really is my greatest teacher. If I can take a moment to slow down, to sit with it, to ask my body what it needs, to ask what is trying to show me, I swear to you, an answer pops out every single time. Why are these feelings of anxiety here? The answer will come up every time. And then if I ask for a solution, I don't know if that's just on like being really connected to my own intuition, but I feel like anybody has that power. Like you are always able to access your intuition. Sometimes we just may not know exactly what we're listening for. But anxiety really is like, if you allow it to be, it can be a teacher. And I also have on that same thread, number nine is depression is also a teacher. Depression, in my opinion, from my experience, I can only speak for myself. I'm not a trained professional, but I feel like depression shows me the person that I can no longer be anymore. It shows me that the person that I have become is no longer in alignment with who I want to be in the world. And every step forward feels miserable because I am not in alignment with myself. And it's stopping, it's slowing down, it's resting, it's getting into that void period that you're able to help yourself kind of rise again. And honestly, sometimes going into that void is really hard when you also want to be like a friend to everybody, be available for everybody. I have found some of the hardest parts of stepping into my own void and letting it be there has actually been basically showing up as a version of myself that I typically don't. Like normally I am that person that anytime somebody wants to hang out, I am always free. Or I'll move my own schedule around so that I can be free because I love spending time with people. It's like my favorite thing in the world is talking. But I found that the more and more and more I actually say no, I prioritize myself. I tend to, I tend to get more and more answers from myself. I tend to get more and more guidance from my own inner world. And It's allowed me to process things so much deeper by not always reaching for another person. And I'm saying that because I've basically allowed the things that have plagued me over the last year to become two of my greatest mentors, depression and anxiety. I've allowed them for myself to become my greatest mentors in helping me to grow in new ways that I never thought was possible before. Number 10, I have everybody's truth is true based on experience and lived life. It's okay to decide what your truths are. So I feel like I have a second one in here that's kind of similar to this. Uh, But basically, I live my life by the notion that all truths are true. Because even if you feel like somebody else is less educated or not educated in the same way as you, so you have a difference of opinion, in their mind, based on their experience and what they have heard and what they have learned, their truth is also true. And we have to remember that, that it's not always a personal attack when somebody believes something different than you. Now, granted, of course, that plays into very serious systemic issues when we have people that... um 
you know, think that black people don't deserve as much or think that gay people shouldn't be married or shouldn't have rights like everybody. Like, obviously, there's very real problems with the way certain people believe because it keeps other people from being able to live a human experience. And that's where we have problems. But just when it comes down to like even religious beliefs that differ from you and a parent, their truth is still true to them just as much as your spiritual truth is still true to you. And it doesn't make either of you wrong. It's through your own lived experience. Your truth is true just as much as their truth is true. And the more we can get comfortable with those polarities, the easier we can actually come together. Um... Number 11 is you don't have to assign a story to every feeling. This one, I feel like I'm only learning more recently, surprisingly, that every time I have like an anxious thought or an anxious feeling or a depressed thought or a depressed feeling or an existential thought, I don't have to give that thought power. I don't have to give that feeling power. I can just say, ah, there's that feeling again. And just basically give it nothing. Like if I could give this almost an example. If you work with somebody that's in like behavior, like somebody that is like a behavioralist, I think that's a word. Um, they are trained to not react to basically like behaviors of children in the sense of like, maybe there's somebody that's like really, really, really acting out or they need help with something. Um, I want to say this, this deals more with like children on the spectrum, where they're trained to just not react and to basically redirect. And I feel like when we treat our own emotions the same way, especially if we're constantly in this state where things are just repeating over and over and over, and we're just in this cycle loop, we don't actually have to give it meaning. We don't have to react. And don't get me wrong. This, I think it's a balance. Sometimes we do need to pay attention to the way that we feel, but sometimes your brain just wants to put you on some autopilot shit and you have to decipher for yourself if this is the autopilot trying to kick in or if this is actually something you need to pay attention to. Most often, it's just a feeling that has come up on autopilot and you don't have to assign a story to it. You don't have to feed into it. You don't have to decide that now today is a bad day because this feeling is coming up. You can decide to see it, to witness it, and to move on. And I know it sounds easier said than done because it does take effort, but I promise that it, it works. It does work. <laughs> Number 12 is most of the world lives from the neck up. When we choose to bring the whole body online, we change ourselves and then we change the world. I feel like this is almost self-explanatory, but basically in our society, many of us are living from like the shoulders up or the neck up. We forget to bring the heart in. We forget to bring the stomach, the solar plexus, the sacral chakra, the root chakra. We forget to bring the whole body into something. And I honestly think we are on the cutting edge of this actually changing in the sense that many people are way more open to the metaphysical, to the holistic approach. And I feel like the body doesn't even have to be this holistic thing. And even in like Western medicine, I think that the whole body approach is something that we will eventually integrate. I think it's inevitable. We're moving to a place where we know too much scientifically to deny it anymore. 
And many of us are just like so attached to the way that we think we're running on autopilot. We're not actually sitting and feeling into the body, maybe because it's never really felt safe for us or some other reason. You know, I don't know your life specifically. It could be for a multitude of reasons. But the thing is, we will change ourselves the more we start to bring the whole body in. We're even seeing now when it comes to psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy is fantastic, but I think that somatic therapy in combination creates such a beautiful, intricate healing experience. Somatic is where we bring the body into the experience. And I think, honestly, we're moving into a way where we are redesigning the paradigm of what it means to heal, what it means to get better, what it means to transform, to become people that we actually want to be. Um, I feel like we literally, when we change ourselves, we're able to come at the world from a new place. And I think this is why, like, the nervous system is so popular right now and having a regulated or a dysregulated nervous system is so popular is because it's true. And we're learning that the body plays such a bigger role in how we do life, period. So just another little nugget there. Uh, number 13 is that you are never alone. And this one for me, especially over the last year, was hard. Um, it was hard because I felt like after my panic attack that I had that led me into a series of other panic attacks that totally flipped my world upside down, led me into an existential crisis, totally into a spiritual awakening. Um, I felt like I was alone in my experience, even though I had wonderful, amazing people to talk to about it. My spouse, my friend, uh, my I had a therapist. Thank goodness I, I was able to gain that at the time. I had a psychiatrist that I talked to. I felt like I was alone and that nobody could possibly understand what I had been through. And I felt crazy. I felt I felt things that I had never felt before. And. I think something that I learned through that experience is we really aren't alone. There are other people that have experienced panic attacks. There are other people that have experienced sickness. There are other people that watch. Like I personally get a lot of anxious feelings around health. I struggle really hard with like body and health anxiety. And something that I've learned constantly when I tell the universe to or my spiritual team, or my ancestors, how, whatever you want to call it, the ether, whatever you want to call it, when I ask to be shown how it gets better, I'm actually constantly shown, and this is like a more recent thing too, I'm constantly shown how other people deal with their aging body. This has happened for the past like several weeks, and most people just like they take care of themselves and then they move on where I get stuck in like this state of fear where I'm so scared that my aging body is just going to deteriorate overnight and my life is going to be dramatically different, which does happen to people sometimes. But something that I've learned through that is I really am never alone. There is always somebody that's been through what I've experienced. And there's always like people that want to share the wisdom that they learn through those experiences. You're never by yourself. And on top of just that, I personally believe that everybody does have a spiritual team that really looks out for them and loves them and wants to see their soul growth as much as your soul wants to see its own soul growth. 
number 14, religion is bullshit. Now, this is a hot take. I'm so sorry if you're religious and you're listening to my podcast. Know that with love and light, <laughs> with love and light, you're still valid. For my, from my own personal experience, religion is bullshit. Uh, every single time I study any form of religion, I come to the point of understanding that we're all talking about the same thing. And literally not, I would say like, probably like the quote unquote religion, which I don't even know if that's considered a religion. The one that probably holds like the most truth for me personally, is probably like the Buddhist path. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of truth and value in the Buddhist path, but that's for me, right? That's, that's my truth. Maybe it's not yours, but what I have learned is through studying multitudes of religion, everybody loves to spin the story of the Bible, of Christ, of, especially when it comes to Christian based religions. They all want to spin the same story for their own narrative. And I hate to say it because I have a lot of friends that are religious, well, not a ton, but a few, a few that are fabulous and I love them and it doesn't change the love that I have for them. But we're literally all just talking about the same shit. <laughs> we're literally all talking about the same shit and it doesn't really matter what rules you put around it. It doesn't really matter what rules you put around it. It's still all the same. And I think the only time it genuinely upsets me, and this is why I'm like, no, it's all bullshit, is again, kind of like with what I mentioned earlier, when it encroaches on the rights of somebody else. Like, for me, I was raised Mormon, and Mormonism does not support gay rights. That is not okay with me. That is something that I wholeheartedly disregard because I don't think that even if God did exist, which I don't truly believe God does exist. I don't like, I mean, that's such a touchy subject because I wouldn't say that God doesn't exist. I don't think the Christian ideology of God exists. I do think that there is potential that there is something out there beyond us that lovingly holds us, but I don't think it is in the way that Christian theology teaches it. I think that's actually very like warped to put certain people at the top and hold power over others. And it's all kind of disgusting if you ask me. But my point to bringing that up is that religion is bullshit because it's all for money and power. Like, did you know, did you know that like, even in like the Catholic religion, that the Pope was just like, oh, I want more gold. So let's tell people that we can take their sins away if they give us money. What the fuck? Like, and then even like in my own experience of being a tarot card reader, being an astrologer online, I constantly get people that will quote Bible verses at me. First of all, I find this hilarious because I don't even believe in the Bible, so it's stupid to me that anybody would quote it at me because I'm like, bitch, I don't want to read your Christ fan fiction. Like, we don't even know what that's about. I don't base my life off the Bible. I don't think I'm doing a bad thing. Um, so that's a little ridiculous right there. The second thing is, if you have you ever watched how other people use the Bible, every single person will quote it differently. And again, it's because it adds up to a narrative that somebody else is spinning. So as long as it like makes sense in the context of a certain narrative, like 
gosh, even, I don't even know what, where that quote is from. I feel like, is it a Bible quote? Um, I'm genuinely not sure. I'm like, I need to look it up because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't. Um, I'm going to look it up. I swear it's a Bible quote. It's like that blood is thicker than water quote. Mm, yeah. Okay. So. Well. It's. I want to say it's a Bible quote that talks about like blood being thicker than the water of the womb. And it's actually about like the bloodshed between men on the battlefield is thicker than the water of the womb, meaning that the blood between friends on the battlefield is thicker than what you would experience from a tie between friends. But so many people use that. I don't know if it's in the Bible. It might not be. It might just be a quote from somewhere else. I was pretty sure that it's in the Bible, though. But people kind of along that same thread, though, people use that quote blood is thicker than water to say that like family ties are thicker than like, or like are more close knit than like what you would have with somebody else. And that's what I mean by like spinning shit for your own narrative. I feel like people that quote Bible verses do the same shit. They just use it to spin shit for their own narrative. And it makes me crazy. Like, and this is somebody like I used to be that person. So I get it. Like I used to be somebody that would like believed in the Bible, believed in the Book of Mormon, believed in the Christian ideology of God. Like I used to think that I had to bargain with God to receive something that I desired. Did you know that like you don't ever have to do that? Even if you are somebody that believes in like the Christian ideology of God, if God is all loving you don't have to bargain. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to give up smoking if you give me this thing. It can just be like, hey, God, all loving God, can I have this thing? And maybe you bring an offering. Like it's obviously I have a lot of feelings about religion, but that's why it's number 14. 14 is my lucky number. Religion is bullshit. That is my hot take. It's bullshit. We're all talking about the same thing. And the only time I really, 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 really take issue with it is when it encroaches on somebody else. This is why I have a really big problem with the Mormon church because they don't support gay rights and that really fucking pisses me off. So in any sense, number 15, moving on. Sorry, she got a little hot headed for a minute. Magic exists everywhere. You just have to make the choice to pay attention to it. And this is the truth. Like if you ask even just at the top of your day, spirits of the highest love and compassion, can you show me magic today? And then write down every little magical occurrence or synchronicity. You will have the longest list at the end of your day. I see a lot of mine through angel numbers, through birds, through animals, through trees. Like I will see a lot of symbolism through that. I believe that life is very like heavily metaphorical and I live my life trying to like explain the mysticism to a degree because sometimes I think the mysticism can't really be explained. But I've noticed that in times where I feel very disconnected from my own magical sense, the moment I ask for it, it shows up. Uh, then we have 
Uh, number 16, you are nature. Don't forget. This is something again that came up more recently for me. I was feeling very like existential and depressed for a couple of months and I felt like very disconnected from nature, from the universe. And I don't know when the realization hit me. I don't remember exactly, but somewhere in there, a realization hit me that like, oh, I'm part of the ecosystem too. The world would exist differently if I was not here. And that doesn't mean that I'm the most important thing in this world. None of us are. But the world literally would not be the way that it is if you did not exist. And just like take that in for a moment. Not only that, but we literally are nature. Just the way that nature is very cyclical, we do the same thing. We are very cyclical. We also have the same stuff that is in our blood is literally in space. It's in the universe. We have stardust in our blood. That is true, scientifically proven. Um, we also, I don't know why I keep saying we have, but whatever. Uh, this is just a hot take. Uh, salsa is better than hot sauce in every single way. Now, I will make the exception for buffalo sauce. I know this is such a weird random one thrown in here, but I will make an exception for buffalo sauce because I feel like buffalo sauce is like its own thing. But if you're eating Mexican food, don't you want salsa over hot sauce? Like, it is literally better in every single way, in my opinion. And I could go on about that for like 20 minutes straight, but I will spare you. That's all. <laughs> salsa is better than hot sauce in every single way. Uh, number 18, astrology is just another language. I know that there are a lot of people that are skeptical of astrology. I assume that if you listen to my podcast, you're probably less of a skeptic, but maybe not. Maybe you just like to keep an open mind. Um, but astrology, in my opinion, it's just another language. It's just another way of speaking about life. And there are some people that are going to be super on board with that. And there are going to be some people that are not. And that's not for them to decide. That's for you to decide for yourself what you believe. Number 19 is extremes are just that. Extreme. It's okay to be a middle of the road kind of person. In fact, the world needs more of us. So this kind of piggybacks back to what I said about all truths are true. It's okay to be a middle of the road kind of person. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there are some things that we absolutely cannot be middle of the road about. And again, that usually goes back to human rights, gay rights, um, you know, human rights, gay rights are human rights. Like it goes back to whatever encroaches on people on a person to live their human existence. Obviously, we need to be a little bit extreme in that sense, because we are seeing such an extreme on the opposing and I will die on that hill. However, we don't need to live in extremes. It's okay to be a middle of the road kind of person. It's okay to be spiritual and, you know, light your, um, light your incense, light your candles, read your tarot cards, but it's also okay to not feel like you have to have, like, never have a drink again in your life or, um, you have to change your diet overnight to be more spiritual or you have to live in the woods or you have to cast spells every day. Like you don't need to live in an extreme. It is okay to be a middle of the road kind of person that is just open to whatever life brings towards you. And it's okay to be curious about the opposing sides. I actually think that the world needs more of us to be a little bit more open-minded, be a little bit more curious, ask ourselves why people do certain things, why they are the way that they are. And I take this back to um, 
I always tell this story. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I don't get road rage. Me, Chloe, I do not get road rage. And I think it's because I have trained myself to remind myself that everybody is dealing with something that I know nothing about. So that person that just cut me off, maybe their mom is in the hospital and about to take her final breath. And you know what? I'm so grateful that I don't need to be in a rush right now. I have the time to let that person cut me off. I don't get road rage. I always remind myself that everybody is going through an experience that I don't know anything about. And this goes the same even when things are directed at me. Even when I have people that make me uncomfortable. I'm not like to a toxic degree. Like obviously if there's abuse or severe discomfort, like please get out of that situation. There are points where this does not always ring true. But for the most part, even when somebody is saying some shit that you don't agree with, it's so much better to just be curious about why they think that way instead of just shutting it down immediately and deciding, nope, absolutely not for me. Um, and it's okay to be middle of the road. It's okay to be curious. It's okay to not pick a side. I think even when it comes down to almost, almost anything, like I said, as long as it's not like encroaching on human rights, I think, well, I feel like even animal rights to a degree too, like uh, Obviously, there are some exceptions, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, number 20 is it's okay to make whatever choice you want to for yourself. Most of the time, nobody is paying attention to you the way that you think they are. And this is the truth. Um, most of the time, nobody is paying attention to you the way that you think that they are. And it's okay to make choices for your life that are in alignment with you. And they go, even if they go against somebody else in your life that wants your life to be a certain way. Um, the older I get, I feel like, I don't even want to say the older I get, because I think that participates in ageism and I am not about that. I would say the more experience in this lifetime that I gain, the more I realize that nobody actually gives a fuck what I'm doing. And it's okay to just do whatever makes me feel good in the moment. Um, number 22 is, excuse me, number 21. Home is less of a physical location. It's more about the home you create within yourself. And this, again, has been one of those nuggets of wisdom that has come from the last year or so. And I'm still kind of learning this one a little bit. But for the most part, as I find more of a home within myself, I find that my home around me shifts and changes to accommodate that. And home literally can be in any physical place that you want it to be. It's more about creating a home with inside yourself. And as long as you have that, you can go anywhere. 22 is oh, once you allow yourself to get comfortable with change, you've learned the secret to life. Everything changes. That is like the one universal truth is that everything will change. Everything. And the less you try to cling and hold things in this like same, same regard, the easier time you are going to have adapting to life. Number 23 is your parents are just people with their own chaotic past and their own traumas. And the sooner you start to recognize them as humans, the sooner you can live in alignment with yourself and your own dreams instead of theirs. So this is something that I do think a lot of people have a hard time doing. And if you have really supportive parents, 
maybe you'll never need to do this in your life. But fact of the matter is, I think a lot of us have come from chaotic backgrounds, parents that did not support us, did not love us as much as we needed to be loved or cherished or nurtured. And they're like, I feel like especially the millennial generation, we're having a really hard pushback where we are pushing on that parental unit. And it's something that I feel like the world has never seen before. We are pushing and saying, no, it wasn't enough. It was never going to be enough. And here's why. And I think something that has helped me in that regard, besides stepping back, becoming my own person, making my own family, and basically detaching and then reintegrating aside from doing that, that is like something that has really, really, really helped me on my own journey. When it comes to family is remembering that my parents have shortcomings too. They're just people they have a past that I know nothing about because I wasn't present for it. I wasn't even born until my parents were gosh, I think they were like almost 40. I think my mom was 39 when she had me. So like, I think my dad might have been 40 and my mom was 39 or they were 38 and 39, somewhere in that range. That was when they had me. And I think sometimes I forget that, that they had lives that I knew nothing about that I, unless I ask them, I will never really know anything about. And because of that, they also have experienced their own trauma. And often what they have given to me is what was given to them. And the more that I can recognize that they are just people with their own shit, (laughs) the easier it is for me to navigate that landscape. And granted, of course, I would love to be able to come face to face, heart to heart with my parents and or parents and be able to have that loving relationship. I think, you know, the thing is, I do feel like my parents do love me. And I don't think I say that enough on the podcast. Many of y'all hear me just like talk about my parents and it's not always good things. I know that my parents love me. Like that is something that I feel like I do have. And I'm not trying to like show off if you're somebody that doesn't know that about your parents. I know that my parents love me. I just think the way that I need to be loved for myself is something they are not capable of giving me because it wasn't given to them. And so it's been very important for me to understand that, but also give that love to myself because I'm never going to be able to get it from them because they literally don't know how. And that has honestly saved me a lot of heartache in the long run is recognizing that what they give to me is what was given to them. And even though they're grown and it is their fault, if they want to stay stuck that way, it's not necessarily their fault if they didn't have the tools wherewithal or knowledge. I do feel like everybody has the ability to change now but we also can't make people change. So that's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, 24, everybody's spiritual path will look different than yours. And that's why it's yours. So this kind of goes back to, yes, I know I just said religion is bullshit. And we had a whole tangent about that. I also feel like everybody's spiritual path is theirs and yours is yours. 
And this also gets down into like the spirituality that you do agree with. Maybe you're not religious, but you're spiritual and you see other people on YouTube or wherever being very spiritual in a certain way. And you think that that means you have to be spiritual in that way. You don't. Even the things that I do, the things that I recommend, you don't ever have to listen to those things. Those are things that help me. So I choose to share them. But I don't ever expect somebody to make a carbon copy out of my life the same way that I don't make a carbon copy of my life to match Leo or Alexandra or um, trying to think of anybody else spiritual that I really like watching. She's probably like my number one, to be honest, Leo, I doubt you're listening to this. But if you ever are, you're such a queen. And I love your work. And I feel like if we knew each other in real life, we'd probably be really good friends because I feel like we have similar vibes um, in certain areas. But I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But just remember, like, your spiritual path is your spiritual path. And you don't have to take on what everybody else is doing just because it's trendy or it looks cool. Or, I mean, it's good to try things on if you're not sure, but you don't have to believe what somebody else believes. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Um, the next thing, number 25, is that healing is always possible. And this one might be a little bit of a hot take because I definitely think that I sometimes am in the minority with this one. But I actually think that there are a lot of, there's a lot that we haven't discovered yet. First of all, I think that, I think, I mean, I hope, I don't know for a fact, I hope in my lifetime, we get the cure for cancer, we get the cure for diabetes, I have hope for that. But I also think that in some regard, not necessarily for cancer or diabetes, I'm not claiming to know anything. But I do think that we are truly our own best healers. And I think, I think in that regard, like we know stories of miracles that have happened. We like, gosh, I want to say it's a lot of like Joe Dispenza's work who I really appreciate and I do resonate with. Um, there are so many stories that are shared even just on his like YouTube channel where he shares those of people having like the craziest ailments and then healing from those through their own dedicated practice of diving into self. Now, I'm not trying to disregard Western medicine. Western medicine literally saved my life as an infant. I would have died without Western medicine. I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't have it, but I do think that there's more I think that there's more. I think we are our own best healers. I think that I'm hope in my lifetime, I get to see that. I hope that I am on the cutting edge of that. I hope that anybody that wants to take that full body approach is like on the rise together. Because I do think that healing is always possible. And in fact, even when I started going to therapy, that was how I would know if a therapist or a psychiatrist would not work with me or would not work for me is if they told me I could not heal from panic attacks. If they told me that like, this is something I would just have to navigate now. That is how I would always know that that person was not for me because I refuse to believe it. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode last month, but I refuse to believe that I couldn't make a full and complete recovery. And I think, I don't know if that's like, because I just refuse to live my life that way, but I believe in our, in our ability as humans to heal. I believe in our body's ability to heal. We're even showing now that the power 
of the mind is so powerful that even when it comes to like, quote unquote, hereditary things, they are not always hereditary. And it's that concept of telling yourself, oh, my family has A, B, and Z, so I'm going to have A, B, and Z. That's actually not true. And we're on the edge of that now, where we're starting to understand that that isn't how it works. And you are not always guaranteed to get this thing because somebody else had it, especially if you don't tell yourself that. Like, um, something for me and I like, gosh, if any of y'all stay this long into the podcast, I hope I'm not making an asshole out of myself right now, but it's just, I don't know why I'm feeling weird or like shame, but it's just how I choose to believe. And I think this goes back to like, all truths are true. And if I'm triggering any of you right now, I'm very sorry. It's not my intention. But like, even when it comes down to like, for me having anything that's autoimmune, um, I'm told that I do have some kind of autoimmune disease. I don't actually know what. It's always referred to me by a friend that has something similar. And I can't ever remember what exactly they're talking about because I don't personally identify with having an autoimmune disease. I don't. And so I don't see myself that way. I don't see myself as having an autoimmune disease. I don't see myself as... I don't know if it's like, is PCOS considered an autoimmune disease? Because it might be that. But I don't see myself that way. And I think because of that, I also don't have as many symptoms. I don't deal as with as many problems because my belief system does not cater to that. I don't identify with it. It's the same way that when I talk about anxiety, I try very hard not to say my anxiety. I try not to make it my identity. It is the anxiety or I'm having anxious feelings or I'm having depressed feelings or I'm having um existential feelings. I try very hard not to say my existential extension. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> Mercury really still is in the microwave, but my point is that, what was my point? Why did I even bring this up? Um, everybody's spiritual path will look different from yours. Okay. So my point to that is like, even my beliefs of believing that we are our own best healers, that we have more power than we could ever even imagine to heal the self, to work through things on our own. I feel like we have been sold on this idea that we always have to seek other to heal. And that's not necessarily the truth. I think that that goes down to any form of healing that you could imagine. However, I don't think we are fully there yet in the sense that the information is not as understood. And so therefore it is not taught. But I think that there is so much more. And I gen like I said, genuinely, I hope in my lifetime, I get to see this evolve because this is the shit that I really believe in. I do believe that we are our own best healers. I do believe that we need the whole body approach. I do believe that a lot of the things today that we call illness have underlying things that could be worked through that would change it. That goes from mental illness to a range of other things. I feel like, anyways, I'm just spewing stuff at this point, but my point is even my own spiritual path looks different than yours. You might be somebody that really, really, really honors Western medicine and like cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is your whole thing. And you believe all of that and everything that it's had to offer. And I, again, I don't disbelieve those things. I think that it is part of a whole, but I don't think it is the end all be all. Um, 
And I'm bringing that in because I also think that like spirituality and or like mysticism and logic belong together. I don't think we're supposed to be separating them. It kind of goes into that like masculine and feminine, right? We're not having a balance of the two. We're seeing imbalances everywhere. And again, I hope in my lifetime I get to see like what true unity looks like. And I, I believe that I will. I don't like... I think I'm here at such a weird time on the planet and I feel like I could talk about this forever clearly because this has been like the huge chunk out of the episode but I could talk about this shit forever but I think I'm also a little bit scared of talking about it because it's one of those like oh you don't live in the real world your head's in the clouds blah 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 you know many of y'all know if you're still here listening to me like you know I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about like tarot cards and astrology. And I don't really give a flying fuck what anybody thinks about what I'm doing with that. Truly, I don't. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm over here doing me. I guess I haven't gotten there yet with my other beliefs. But that's my point is like, you might even believe something different from me in that regard. And that's okay. Like, you're allowed to you're supposed to like, it's good. We can have different beliefs and still like collectively have understandings of each other and respect each other. Um. Oh, that's not even the one I was talking about. I was talking about that healing is always possible. And I got on this whole tangent. Sorry about that. Um, 26, our relationships that are the hardest are the ones that teach us the most about ourselves. Oh, this could be a whole episode too. But I've realized this at many points in my life. And I'm not trying to give my mom any kind of credit. Because frankly, I don't think that she necessarily has ever gotten in there and done the work. That's been me that has decided to get in there and do that. And I get credit for doing that. Like that's for me to have. And maybe that's my ego popping off right now, but it's not about me. Like, I feel like for me, it's very important that I take ownership of my own story and I don't give it to somebody else. But something I will say is that like this incarnation with like, what I have had with my own mother, I feel like in its own way has been a gift. And it's taken me a long time to get to that place of accepting it that way. But honestly, I think without that example, without that pushback, without that lack of motherly love that I wanted, without it, I don't know who I would be today. I don't know if I would be the incredible, amazing person that I am. I don't know that I would have taken my spirituality so far. I don't know that I would have pushed myself to learn as much as I have or be the person that I am. I mean, gosh, I was like, even in that video that I talked about in the beginning of the episode, that 25 at 25, I talk in that video about somebody. It was my mom. <laughs> I didn't name names because I didn't feel comfortable doing it at the time, but I do now. Um, my mom was the person that told me not to go into film, that I wasn't creative enough for that, that I wasn't artistic enough, that I had a sibling that was more artistic than me. And I didn't let that crush me. I let that fuel me. I literally sat down in, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, possibly, I sat down in my bathroom with my point and shoot camera, and I wish I still had the footage because it was so beautiful. I sat down with my point and shoot camera and basically just told myself, like, fuck her, you're gonna do what you want to do. 
And I ended up creating like an empire in gaming, working in film. And now I'm a YouTuber where I still like I've, I've made two channels now that have taken me to totally different places all through the realm of film. So sometimes that can be the fire that you ignite. Sometimes that can be like sometimes that relationship that is so shitty. And again, I'm not trying to tell you to endure abuse. I mean, shit, I don't, even in my situation, I refuse to endure abuse. Um, but sometimes that lesson can be your greatest blessing. And that relationship for me, I've learned so much about myself. I've learned how to care for myself. I've learned who I am. I live a life that is so beyond what, from my perspective, I feel like my mother has ever lived. And I like that about my life. Like, I'm not trying, like, don't get me wrong. If my mom's happy living her life, I'm happy for her. It's not about me being better. It's that I feel like I learned so much from the lack of that relationship that not only did the apple fall off the fucking tree, I rolled down a hill, hit a stream, went downstream for a while and planted a whole fucking tree somewhere else. You know that saying the apple falls doesn't fall far from the tree? My apple fucking went on a journey. And I think that was a good thing. I think it it made me into the person that I am today. And I love the woman that I have become. I love the person that I am today. I love what I do, what I create. I love the way that I speak. I love the things that I've learned. I love that I'm so open-minded. Um, you know, I, and unfortunately, I don't feel like where I've come from or even like my own mother can say those things about herself. And Again, this isn't an episode where I'm just sitting here trying to shit on her. I'm just trying to give this some perspective that sometimes those really difficult relationships, even if they come full circle and you end up being best friends again or whatever it is, they can come as some of the loudest and most incredible teachers. It just might take some time. And for me, this has been an crazy, a crazy experience of learning. Uh, the next part. 27, someone will always have had it worse than you. It doesn't make your trauma any less valid. So stop. If you're somebody who does this and is like, oh, but so-and-so has this worse, or when somebody presents you with a problem, if you're constantly the person that's like, oh, well, I've had it worse this way, this way, and this way, or this person had it worse than you, please just stop doing that. <laughs> it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone. And everybody's trauma is still valid. We shouldn't even be comparing trauma. Uh, the next thing is the sun will always rise. And on the days where you can't see it, learn to dance in the storm. I know that sounds like a fortune cookie, but it really is the truth. Sometimes you have to learn how to find your own sunshine. And this is me speaking as the bitch that it literally rains like eight months out of the year in Washington. I was not prepared for that. I thought that I was. I was not. Uh, I actually, your girl deals with a little bit of seasonal depression. And I've had to learn to navigate that. And it's not easy, but planning vacations is definitely something that I am adding to my roster. <laughs> um, and, you know, a sun lamp, making sure that I am getting that sunlight. But even in a less literal way, um... Sometimes you like need to remember that the sun is still going to rise tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. And if you can't find the dawn of the next day, 
How can you laugh about this situation? How can you dance? How can you cradle yourself? How can you be with yourself while the storm is passing? Uh, 29 is nature can teach you anything you want to know about life. And I will die on this hill. I think that nature literally holds all of life's lessons. Sit with a flower for an hour and see if you don't learn something. Just, I'm just going to leave that right where it is. <laughs> Number 30 is you are your own best oracle. I love this one because I know a lot of people come to me for answers, especially when it comes to tarot card reading. And I can provide those answers. I believe that I am just the conduit for energy that moves through me. I am just like the channel. However, everybody has that ability. You could be your own channel. You could read your own tarot cards. You could be your own oracle. And I think... Sometimes we forget that, that we are just as powerful as the next person. And I know that that's like super taboo for me to even talk about that because it's like, oh, but if everybody was their own oracle, Chloe, wouldn't that put you out of a job? No, that would be a job fucking well done. Like if everybody that came to me became their own oracle, fucking A, that's awesome. I would love if my job became obsolete because I do think that that is what I have so much passion for is helping people connect back with themselves. It's not even necessarily always about the future or a higher power. It's where's your power and how can I show you that you have it? And lastly, number 31, the present is all we really have. This has been a game changer in dealing with my own mental health is realizing that oftentimes the past, if I'm living in the past, I'm filled with the feelings of depression. If I'm living in the future, I'm filled with the feelings of anxiety. And it's when I'm in the present that I'm actually able to find peace in the present moment. So the present really has like, when I just take my foot off the gas and off the brakes, and I just decide to do what is directly in front of me, it's not always the easiest thing to do when you're used to always like looking at the past or the future. It can be really hard to retrain yourself. But that is where I have found the most peace. In the moments where I found peace, it's been in the present. So that is what I have for you with 31 at 31. I know we just went on a journey together, but thank you so much for tuning in pumpkin. I hope you gained something from this episode. I hope that I opened your mind to something different or maybe I triggered you and maybe that was thought provoking as well. I hope I didn't trigger you. That's never the intention, but I also can't control how anybody feels and I just have to be okay with that. But Please do not forget when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I'll talk to you all next Tuesday. Love you so much. Bye.